Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. President Trump's support base is not going to erode anytime soon. While the media fulminated over Donald Trump Jr.'s reported meeting with then-campaign manager Paul Manafort and Trump's son-in-law Jared Kushner and a Russian-connected lawyer in June 2016, and while they mocked President Trump's overtures to Russian dictator Vladimir Putin, they largely ignored the importance of one image and one image only for Trump's followers. The image came on Saturday when President Trump approached Marine One at the Andrews Air Force Base. A strong wind had knocked the hat off the head of a Marine standing closest to the staircase onto the helicopter. Because the Marine could not move, he was standing at attention, Trump retrieved the hat and put it back on the Marine's head. The hat blew off again. And again, Trump went and retrieved the hat. This may have seemed like a big nothing to the left, but it means a lot to people on the right who feel the Obama White House routinely ignored the dignity of our troops. President Obama bragged openly about using troops as a photo op. He forced a Marine to hold an umbrella over him as he gave a statement in the rain outside the White House. He planted friendly troops at pre-screened events. And of course, Obama's Veterans Affairs Administration was a full-scale disaster. The same weekend Trump helped this Marine with his hat, we found out that 500 VA officials had been fired by the Trump administration for malfeasance. And herein lies the point. Because our politics have become so little about policy and so much about intent, Trump's most ardent supporters are never going to abandon him. Whether they believe that he's actually making America great again, they think he wants to make America great again, and they think Obama didn't want to make America great again. In that assessment, they are 100% correct. But that also means that the media's attempts to play Trump as a nefarious Russian stooge manipulating the system to his own benefit, that's going to fall on deaf ears. Trump is seen by his supporters as a reaction to the America last attitude of his predecessors. Supporters are not going to believe that Trump's America first attitude is secretly Trump first. Video like the Marine One tape reinforced that Trump's support is that it believes that stuff. So long as Trump continues to demonstrate his obvious reverence for American symbols, it will be very, very difficult for the left to carve into his base. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. All righty. So welcome to our new studios, gang. Magnificent as they are, there's a whole other wall that you're not even going to get to see yet, but it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing. It has gadgets and it's made of gold and, and they're dancing women and everything, but you won't see that wall yet. That's, that's if you actually purchase the subscription. In any case, we have, we have lots coming up on today's show. I want to talk about, obviously, the hubbub surrounding Donald Trump Jr. I want to talk about Trump and Putin. I also want to show you the tape of Trump doing this with the Marines hat because I think that it actually does speak to why so many conservatives really like Trump. But before I get to any of that, I want to say thank you first to our friends and sponsors over at Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. So here's how it works. You go on and you subscribe to Blue Apron and then they send you a meal, right? And every meal is $10 per person for a delicious meal. Under $10 per person for every delicious meal. They send you all of the ingredients. They are always fresh. They are guaranteed fresh. And then you cook it right there at home. So you don't have to go out to a restaurant. It's delivered to your door. And these are gourmet quality meals. I mean, we are talking... 
upcoming meals, seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers, fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanelle pepper, chili butter steaks with Parmesan potatoes and spinach. I mean, it sounds absolutely phenomenal, and they don't repeat recipes unless you want them to. Cooking together builds strong family bonds, and it's a lot more inexpensive than going out to a restaurant. Those who spend at a lot of restaurants or high-end grocery chains can spend under $10 per person for one of these meals. So it is affordable. There's variety because it's a bunch of new recipes every single week. It's flexibility. You can customize your recipes every single week based on preference. They have delivery options, so you can choose what fits your needs. And it's guaranteed that every ingredient is going to be delivered, ready to cook, or they will make it right. They have a freshness guarantee. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Again, it's first three meals for free. So you personally, you you get three meals by for your family. You get three meals for your family or three meals for each person, one meal for each person in the family if you have three members of your family with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Shapiro. You will love how good it feels and it tastes to make fresh food in your own house. Blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Everybody in LA is using it. I've just heard wonderful rave reviews from everybody who is. Blueapron.com slash Shapiro. And remember, if you do that, then you get those first three meals for free with free shipping at blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so a lot going on uh, over the weekend. I will play you the tape of me on, um, it it made some news, uh, of me on Dana Perino's show on Fox News. That happened on Friday evening uh, before Sabbath for me, and I was debating a member of CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. We'll play that a little bit later. I also do want to get to the the Linda Sarsour column in the Washington Post, which is just absurd. But we start today with all of the hubbub over Donald Trump Jr. So yesterday, late yesterday, there's a story that breaks in the New York Times. And what it says is that President Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., was promised damaging information about Hillary Clinton before agreeing to meet with a Kremlin-connected Russian lawyer during the 2016 campaign, according to three advisors to the White House briefed on the meeting and two others with knowledge of it. The meeting was also attended by the president's campaign chairman at the time, Paul Manafort, and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Mr. Manafort and Mr. Kushner recently disclosed the meeting, though not its content, in confidential government documents described to the New York Times. So, okay, Trump Jr. then makes a statement after this story breaks. And he, he originally had said there were no meetings with the Russians. Then he said, well, we did have a meeting with some Russian gal, but it was really more about adoption policy than it was about anything else. And then finally, he released a statement late yesterday in which he said the reason that we met with this random Russian lawyer is because she promised that she had some dirt on Hillary Clinton. Right? He actually admitted that. So here is his statement, Donald Trump Jr.'s statement that he provided to ABC News late yesterday. Quote, I was asked to have a meeting by an acquaintance I knew from the 2013 Miss Universe pageant with an individual who I was told might have information helpful to the campaign. I was not told her name prior to the meeting. I asked Jared and Paul to attend, but told them nothing of the substance. We had a meeting in June 2016. After pleasantries were exchanged, the woman stated she had information that individuals connected to Russia were funding the Democratic National Committee and supporting Ms. Clinton. Her statements were vague, ambiguous, and made no sense. No details or supporting information was provided or even offered. It quickly became clear that she had no meaningful information. She then changed subjects and began discussing the adoption of Russian children and mentioned the Magnitsky Act. That is an anti-Russian, it's a Russian sanctions act. It became clear to me that this was the true agenda all along and that the claims of potentially helpful information were a pretext for the meeting. I interrupted and advised her my father was not an elected official but a private citizen and that her comments and concerns were better addressed if and when he held public office. The meeting lasted approximately 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, so lots of open questions about this meeting. Okay, and then there are some legit questions to be asked about this meeting. First of all, what you need to understand about this, this lawyer they met with is that the lawyer is very close with the Russian government. So according to the Washington Post today, they talk about who this lady is, and essentially she 
worked closely with somebody that he worked with during the 2013 Miss Universe pageant. So according to the Washington Post, Trump Jr. did not name the acquaintance who fixed up the interview. But in an interview Sunday, Rob Goldstone, a music publicist friendly with Trump Jr., told the Post that he had arranged the meeting at the request of a Russian client and had attended it along with this woman whose name was Veselnitskaya. Veselnitskaya. Okay, so her client role, okay, this woman Veselnitskaya, her client role includes individuals and companies close to the Kremlin. She's, for the past several years, basically been a lobbyist for the Russian government on the Magnitsky Act. The Magnitsky Act is a, ser- a sanctioned series uh, intended to rebuke Russia for human rights abuses, according to the Post. The acts are named for Sergei Magnitsky, a Russian lawyer who died under mysterious circumstances in a Moscow prison. So basically the story is that somebody who Trump Jr. knew from the 2000 Miss Universe pageant approached him, said, I know this lady, Veselnitskaya, and she has some information about Hillary Clinton that you're going to want to know. And Trump Jr. dragged Manafort and and Jared Kushner into the meeting, and nothing came of it. Right? That's sort of the, the most innocent version of the story. Now, there are a couple of questions. One, did Trump Jr. know that this Veselnitskaya character was actually connected to the Russian government? Like, where did he get information about her? And we don't know that yet. We just don't know. And one of the reasons that we don't know any of that is because nobody has been very forthcoming about it, right? We don't know if she's just a private citizen who's tight with the Russian government. We don't know if Trump Jr. knew anything about her. He says he didn't even know her name, right? He says, I was not told her name prior to the meeting, which begs the question, why would you drag the three top officials in the Trump campaign at that time into a meeting two days after Trump had secured the nomination, essentially, with a rando, right? If I wanted to get a meeting with Trump Jr. and, and Manafort, and Jared Kushner, presumably it would be difficult for me to get that meeting. Like, you have to make a pitch. So what was the pitch? The left is suggesting the pitch was somebody came to Trump Jr. and said, listen, there's this lady who basically represents the Russian government. The Russian government has dirt. And this is the fulfillment of all the lefty dreams, right? The fulfillment of all the lefty dreams is that Trump Jr. got Manafort and Kushner in a room, all of them, to hear dirt from the Russian government on Hillary Clinton. That is not perfectly drawn yet, right? There is no evidence that that is the case yet because, again, we don't know, number one, how close she is with the Russian government, this lawyer, and number two, what they were told. We just don't know, right? We'd have to actually get their emails or their texts. We'd have to get the phone call material leading up to the meeting to know how bad any of this really is. But the left, of course, thinks this is a massive, massive bombshell, and they're playing it as such. CNN is running with it. Of course, CNN is running with it because CNN only gets ratings whenever they talk about Trump Russia and they have something new to report. So Michael Walsh over at the New York Post, a guy whose work I think is is pretty hit or miss, he has a critique of the of this particular story, and he says, "So what?" Right? He says, "Who wouldn't meet with a, a Kremlin-connected Russian lawyer during the 2016 campaign?" He says, "Just as the Russian collusion fantasy, a resentful smear cooked up in the immediate aftermath of Clinton's stunning defeat last fall, was finally fading from the fever swamps of the resistance and its media mouthpieces. Along comes the time with a pair of journalistic nothing burgers." And he says that this is a nothing burger because no campaign in its right mind would turn down an offer of information on their opponent. This is what Oppo research is all about. You can bet Hillary wouldn't have hung up on the person who claimed to have dirt on the Donald. Okay, so. That's probably true, but we would have cried bloody murder, right? If the Russians had approached Hillary Clinton and, says we, and said, we have dirt on Donald Trump, and she had met with the Russians, we would have said, okay, this is insane, because obviously that's the quid, so what's the pro quo, right? If you're handing information from the Russians, what is the pro quo? And, you know, Sean Hannity came out last night, and he was tweeting about how all the, the Clintons did all these corrupt things, and there were no consequences, right? And we all cried about it. We said it was terrible. So we can't have a different standard when it comes to President Trump. So I don't really buy Michael Walsh's defense here. You know, again, I think the best defense here is just ignorance. As always, the best defense here is ignorance. 
which is why lawyers always tell people your, your first rule on the stand is, I don't recall. But we don't know enough for this to, to really go anyplace yet, but the media is going to overplay it. It's fascinating the way that the, the Republicans are treating this. So Reince Priebus, who's the White House chief of staff, he's on TV yesterday, and he, made the, he promoted the theory, which had been pushed on, on a website called Circa, that Russian operatives set up the meeting as basically a sting for Donald Trump Jr. and Manafort and Kushner. Here's Reince Priebus making that case. On the January 8th edition of Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace asked Priebus point blank. Does he accept that the Russians were behind this hacking campaign? Yes or no? Well, sure. I mean, he's not denying that, that, that entities in Russia and it were behind this particular hacking campaign. However, the incoming White House chief of staff then seemed to place at least some of the blame on the Democrats, saying, we have the DNC as a sitting duck. If the DNC allows any foreign entity into their system, well, voila, now you have the biggest dissemination of emails that we've ever seen in the history of America. Priebus was then pressed about who was really to blame, and he admitted the primary actor is the foreign entity that's perpetrating the crime to begin with, no doubt about it. In the past, Trump has expressed skepticism about Russian hacking claims, at one point saying it's a very hard thing to prove, while later calling it a political witch hunt. Okay, but then Priebus went on to repeat the Circa statement, and that's the important part. The Circa statement was basically that Russian operatives set up this meeting with Trump Jr. and Manafort and Kushner in order to set up a sting. The problem is, if that were true, why exactly wouldn't they just reveal that, right? If they actually wanted to get Trump, wouldn't they reveal that somewhere during the campaign or now, right? The Kremlin is now denying that this meeting ever took place. So, is this more smoke but no fire? I think it is. I think it's more smoke but no fire yet. Again, I, I don't know why exactly top Trump campaign officials would be meeting with a Russian lawyer for a non-nefarious purpose here. But I'm not going to buy Michael Walsh's routine either where he says, who wouldn't meet with an Apple researcher claiming to have ties with the Russian government, even if that were true? Okay, in, in 2000, Al Gore, who is no paragon of morality, in 2000 somebody leaked the Bush briefing book, the Bush debate briefing book to Al Gore, and Al Gore's people promptly called the FBI. Okay, so it's not true that everybody's engaged in this sort of stuff. Now, again, are the media getting ahead of themselves? Of course. Are they treating a meeting that had no actual outcome as the, the beginning and end of all things? Yes. I mean, even if all of this is true, what we have here is a meeting that was failed, right? It's not, it's not an actual quid pro quo if there was not even a quid, right? If they didn't actually give any information to the Trump campaign, then there's no information. That The media is treating this as though a second step is guaranteed, that basically the meeting happened, Trump Jr. and Manafort may not have gotten anything, but then... That's where the coordination began. But there's no evidence this is where the coordination began. Maybe it was a one-off. Maybe it was the Russians trying to make a contact in order to muddy the waters. We just don't know. And so everybody is going you know, over the top about a report, I think, that has very little substance to it as of yet. Well, meanwhile, you know, President Trump isn't doing himself any favors with uh, all, of the, all of the Russia stuff. So over the weekend, there was a lot of talk about what exactly Trump had said in his meeting with Vladimir Putin. So you recall late last week, Trump met at the G20 with the Russian dictator and Coming out of the meeting, President Trump essentially said that he had gotten along well with Putin, that Putin, he had brought up the election hacking stuff to Putin, uh, and that Putin had denied it. And then he said, and we're going to move forward together. He sent out a series of tweets on Sunday that threw his entire administration into a bit of turmoil. So it started off, I strongly pressed President Putin twice about Russian meddling in our election. He vehemently denied it. I've already given my opinion. Okay, so start with that. He's already given his opinion. So... Again, his opinion is apparently that there was some Russian hacking, but it also might have been the Chinese and a 400-pound guy in a bed somewhere. So kind of unclear what he means by that. Then he says, we negotiated a ceasefire in parts of Syria, which will save lives. Now it is time to move forward in working constructively with Russia. But he didn't stop there. He continued. 
Putin and I discussed forming an impenetrable cybersecurity unit so that election hacking and many other negative things will be guarded. Okay, so this is the this is the tweet that got everybody going was, okay, if Trump really believed that the Russians were behind the the election involvement and interference, why is he forming a cybersecurity unit with them? This is like Marsha Clark says to O.J. Simpson, you're guilty of murdering your ex-wife. And he says, no, 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 I never did it. And she says, you know what? I'm going to form a joint task force with you, O.J. Simpson, to go and track down the person who actually murdered your ex-wife. You know, a lot of people who were making fun of this yesterday, as well they should, because the idea of forming a cybersecurity unit with the people who are basically attempting to hack democratic institutions is really quite crazy. And then Trump continues along these lines. He says... And safe. Questions were asked about why the CIA and FBI had to ask the DNC 13 times for their server and were rejected. Still don't. And then he continues, have it. Fake news said 17 intel agencies, when actually four, had to apologize. Why did Obama do nothing when he had info before election? So all of this is, if he's attempting to say, I took election hacking super seriously, and then I, uh, and then I put the screws to Putin... This little tweet storm is not exactly is not exactly assuring people. It's not making people feel very reassured about all of this. So, you know, he rips Obama. He rips the fake news. As for Putin, he says, I've already said what I'm going to say, and we're going to form a cybersecurity unit. Okay, well, there's a bunch of fallout. And then later that evening, like 12 hours later, Trump comes back with his final tweet, right? 12 hours later, he comes back. Sanctions were not discussed. Well, he continues, sorry, along these lines. For he says, sanctions were not discussed in my meeting with President Putin. Nothing will be done until the Ukrainian and Syrian problems are solved. So I'm not getting rid of any of the sanctions, but I'm not increasing the sanctions. Okay, so the cybersecurity thing is what got people all hot and bothered. Later in the day, he came back and he said, the fact that President Putin and I discussed a cybersecurity unit doesn't mean I think it can happen. It can't, but a ceasefire can and did. Okay, well... I'm glad that he's coming to the, fine, the, the right conclusion about cybersecurity, but he sent all of his people out all day talking about how he was actually going to form a cybersecurity unit. Just shows that there's a bit of confusion at the top with regard to what President Trump actually believes about all of this. And it isn't reassuring to people. You know, if you are trying to promote an image of yourself as a guy who is independent of Russia, this is not the way to do it. But I'll tell you what I think is actually really going on. First, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at CarShield. So, if you, are, if you are on the road and your car breaks down, it could cost you hundreds, even thousands of dollars to fix, particularly if you have you own your car, it's a used car. That's why I recommend getting extended vehicle service protection from CarShield. Okay, so all of these parts that are broken can cost you as much as the, the cost of a new car. Instead, get covered by CarShield, the ultimate and extended vehicle service protection. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. And it's not just mechanical repairs. We're talking computer, GPS, electronics. Even a simple repair to a sensor can cost over $1,000, but you can get all of that fixed right now with CarShield. Just go over to CarShield and sign up today. You get the VIP treatment also from CarShield's administrators, which means 24-7 roadside assistance. So you no longer need AAA. You get a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from those terrible repair bills and get covered by CarShield before something goes wrong. Go to carshield.com slash Ben, carshield.com slash Ben, and you save 10%. That's carshield.com slash Ben. Again, that's carshield.com slash Ben. A deductible may apply. Go over to carshield.com and make sure that you are protected from the vicissitudes of your own vehicle. So, if Trump is trying to show, so the media are basically trying to claim that Trump is a traitor. They have been ever since Hillary Clinton was defeated. And even before that, they're trying to claim that Putin was, was Trump's puppet master and Trump was the puppet. And now President Trump should be drawing distance. And in Poland, he started to do that, right? He gave a great speech in which he talked about Western civilization and he talked about the importance of standing up to Russia in Ukraine and he called out Russia on Syria. And then he has a meeting with Putin 
And it basically looks like he got rolled. It looks like he came out, and the only things that happened were he comes out and rips his own intelligence community. He rips the media. He rips the Democrats. And then he's pretty kind to Putin. He says, we'll sign a ceasefire. And then he says, we'll have a cybersecurity unit where we cooperate. And then finally, he says, well, we won't have a cybersecurity unit because that's kind of dumb. It doesn't mean I think it can happen. It can't really happen, but we can have a ceasefire, so we can still be best friends, of course. These sort of mixed signals do not assure. Now, what I actually think, I want to show you a little bit more of the mixed signals, but then I want to tell you what I think is actually happening here. So first on, on, the, on the mixed signals, Corey Lewandowski, who of course is still close to President Trump, there's talk about him re-entering the White House. He's a former campaign manager for Trump. He says, listen, the Russians say they didn't hack. And so that's basically the end of the story. What we saw yesterday and what's been reported yesterday is that the president took this issue directly to Vladimir Putin, questioned him if they were involved in meddling in the elections in any way, shape or form. And from what we're hearing, uh, the Russians have denied this. But this is the type of president that takes a problem, delivers it directly to the person who has the solution for it and pressed him very tough to find out if Russia had anything to do with the outcome of the U.S. election. And from what Vladimir Putin has said, the answer is no. Okay, so that's mixed signals, right? So even while Trump is saying, I pushed Putin very tough, Lewandowski says, well, Putin denied it, so I guess we're done here. I guess we're done here. Nikki Haley, UN ambassador, she was on the Sunday shows, and she says precisely the opposite. Everyone knows Russia meddled. You know, what I understand is that President Trump let him know that, look, we know you did this and cut it out. And President Putin is never going to admit that they did it. And so they have to come back and they have to defend themselves. So this is Russia trying to save face. And they can't. They can't. Everybody knows that Russia meddled in our elections. Everybody knows that they're not just meddling in the United States elections. They're doing this across um, multiple continents, and they're doing this in a way that they're trying to cause chaos within the countries. Okay, and but Putin denied it, not, so I guess it's not a big deal, right? I mean, again, these mixed signals are not useful to the Trump administration. If you want them to get past all of this smoke and fire garbage, then they need to stop sending mixed signals this way. Again, Trump said that at the beginning of the day, he said, we trust the Russians and we want to do a cybersecurity unit with them. And then Nikki Haley goes on TV and she says, we will never trust Russia. It doesn't mean we ever trust Russia. We can't trust Russia and we won't ever trust Russia. But you keep those that you don't trust closer so that you can always keep an eye on them and keep them in check. And I think that's what we're trying to do with Russia right now. Well, no, not so much. That's, that's not actually what's going on. What's happening is actually some discombobulation in policy. Ash Carter, the former president. Actually, he was Secretary of Defense under Obama, but while Obama was trotting around being an idiot, Ash Carter was actually trying to, to take care of defense. He says that, you know, this, this idea of a cybersecurity unit is really dumb. This is like the guy who robbed your house proposing a working group on burglary. It's they who did this. Um, and So was it a mistake for the Trump administration to buy it? Well, I don't think they can buy or we should. That's that that can. It's fine to talk to the Russians about lots of things. It's never a problem talking to people. It's a matter of what you say. OK, so but in this case, the bottom line is that this vagary is not paying off for President Trump. Now, do I think that something deeply nefarious is going on? I don't. And I'll explain what I actually think is going on inside Trump's head and what I think is happening inside the administration. But for that, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com right now and subscribe. And you can see we have these beautiful new studios. That's why we just upped our subscription rates. I've been warning you for weeks that we were going to up our subscription rates. We now have. It's $9.99 a month. $9.99 a month gets you access to this show, gets you access to the mailbag on Friday, gets you access to Clavin's show. It also gets you access to a brand new show, which we'll be launching in the next couple of weeks. We have plenty of good stuff coming. A lot of great new material that's available only for subscribers. Plus, if you want to get the annual subscription, you get a discount from $9.99 a month. Instead, it's 99 bucks a year, and you get that's a pretty good discount. And if you become an annual subscriber, you get this magnificent etched hot and cold 
thermos mug. It's, 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 so it says, yeah, it says leftist, for the, it, you should be able to see, but it says leftist tears hot or cold. So love it. Uh, it carries the uh, right here. So yes, there it is. Leftist tears hot or cold. Pretty magnificent. Uh, and it is etched and shiny and beautiful. You get that with an annual subscription right now. You will enjoy it. Uh, or if you just want to listen a little bit later, then go over to iTunes or SoundCloud and check us out. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so here's what I actually think is going on with President Trump. So for all the hubbub, all the Trump Jr. stuff and all the Trump getting rolled by Putin stuff, here's what I actually, in the end, he ends up with a policy that looks pretty fine, right? In the end of the day, he says, we're not going to do a cybersecurity unit. And then he calls for a ceasefire in Syria. Okay, the ceasefire in Syria may not be effective, but he doesn't have tons of options there. Okay, what is actually going on? Why is Trump playing these games with Russia? Why doesn't he just come out and say, listen, Russia attempted to hack I can't say that that's what won me the election because that would be silly uh, because we have no evidence that's what won the election, but it's really nefarious that Russia hacked and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I have no fear of getting to the bottom of this because there's nothing for me to hide. Why doesn't he just say that? The answer is because this wounds Trump's ego and it's one of the reasons Democrats keep doing this. So ever since the election, Democrats have been making an ego play. The ego play is basically Hillary Clinton didn't really lose. Hillary Clinton was jobbed, right? Someone stole the election from Hillary Clinton. It must have been the nefarious evil Russians. Right? And it was Trump working with the nefarious evil Russians. That's the real problem here. Right? That's, that's the case that the Democrats have been making. And Trump, because he is a punchback kind of guy, because he's a reactive guy, Trump's basic take on that is, well, if you're going to say that the election was stolen, I'm just going to deny that there was any election interference at all. Or I'm going to punch back twice as hard. Might not be the smartest way to do it, but I'm going to punch back twice as hard. Trump's ego is invested in his own public perception. And so he believes that if it is perceived that the Russians actually interfered in any significant way, then people are going to lose faith that he is the legitimately elected president. The reason that I cite the ego is, is here's an example of something that Trump tweeted yesterday. So it's not a big deal, but it's sort of indicative of where Trump's head is. So yesterday, Trump tweets out this, this clip from the G20, right? here, And here is what he tweets out. For those who can't see, it's a bunch of photos of Trump meeting with various foreign leaders and dignitaries. Obviously done on Windows, movie maker, uh, and um, and then it's his favorite song, right? To make America great again. So he, he tweeted this song. He requires followers an entire choir singing it on uh, on July 4th. Right? Not God Bless America or America Beautiful, but Make America Great Again. So this is his favorite song ever. It's just pictures of him meeting with foreign dignitaries. So for Trump. What makes America great again is Trump, right? What makes America great again is Trump being in positions of power and him being seen as a powerful, virile guy on the world stage, meeting with people and throwing his weight around. It's something that he's felt his entire life is that his image is all about power. His image is all about him. And so anything that threatens that is something that has to be fought. And so if you wonder why he's doing all this stuff with Russia, it's not because he has some sort of nefarious deal with Russia. At least I don't think so. It's not because he was working with the Russians to skew the election results. It's because for Donald Trump, anything that attacks his ego must be put down. Right? If you go after his ego, you have to be ground under boot. And therefore, if you spend a lot of time talking about Trump-Russia and how Russia's really responsible for the election, then he's going to fight back by saying Russia wasn't involved at all. So the question is why so many conservatives stand for this sort of stuff instead of just saying this is really dumb. Can you stop it? Like just say that Russia hacked and then say exactly what I said before. I won because I deserve to win and because Hillary Clinton deserved to lose. But Russian interference is never a good thing and we want to get to the bottom of it. 
the reason that not a lot of Republicans are calling on that is because they disagree with the fundamental premise that Democrats are putting forward. Because Democrats, instead of just focusing on Trump and the Russia election scandal as two separate issues, instead of just saying, we hate Trump, number one over here, and then number two, Russia interfered in the election, by linking the two, Republicans are forced into the position of denying both. Many Republicans are in the position now where they feel like, okay, I'm just going to deny that anything bad happened here, that anything bad could happen with Russia. And after all, if you're going to link Trump-Russia, then I'm just going to deny the entire thing. And why would I believe that President Trump is some sort of Russian stooge? I mean, for God's sake, President Obama in 2012 promised Vladimir Putin flexibility after his election should the Russians back off on foreign policy. So what leg do Democrats have to stand on to talk about collusion with Russia? And you're accusing Trump of being some sort of foreign emissary? I mean, I, played the, I talked about this tape earlier, but I think it's very important. If you want to understand the mind of a lot of people who support Trump, you really have to look at this tape because it's important. Here is the, the video of President Trump picking up this Marine's hat. So you're going to see him walk up to Marine One, and there's a Marine standing next to the stairs, and his hat blows off, and Trump goes and retrieves the hat and tries to put it back on his head. Um, of course, the investigation right now between the Trump campaign and Russian interference and when, whether there was any collusion, that investigation continues. And as everybody knows, at this point, there is none. Um, take a look there. Look at the windy scene there. Uh, you just noticed uh, President Trump grabbing uh, one of the military men there and their hats that just blew in the wind, but having a little fun um, with officers there as he gets on board. So there is a gut level appreciation for the fact that President Trump actually likes the country. The left has gone so far left that the right doesn't need anything from President Trump other than the image of him liking the country. And this is why yesterday there were a lot of big headlines about the fact that President Trump at the G20, he was asked to wear a G20 pin. He said, no, I'm going to wear the American flag pin. So here's a picture of President Trump at the G20. And you can see all these other foreign leaders wearing the G20 pin, which looks like, um, like a blimp kind of with a tail. Uh, and then you can see Trump in the middle, and he is wearing his, his American flag pin. A lot of people on the right were saying, well, look at Trump. He's standing up for America. Okay, I do have to point out, in all honesty, that President Obama did the same thing. Last time he was at the G20 in 2016, he also wore the American flag pin as opposed to the G20 pin. So it's not anything wildly different here, but there's the perception, widespread, and I think reasonably held that President Trump is a much more pro-America president than Barack Obama is. So every time the Democrats claim that he is actually enthralled to a foreign power, it just doesn't wash for most Republicans. And every report that you make, unless it's like, even if it's super buttoned down, every report that you make that suggests that Trump is the head of this, as opposed to making the reasonable suspicion that maybe Manafort did something corrupt and Trump didn't know about it, or maybe that the Russians were trying to mess with the election, but Trump didn't know about it and Trump isn't a traitor, the Democrats are trying to castigate Trump as a traitor after a president spent the last eight years basically undermining American interests around the world. That is not going to fly with Trump's base. It's just not going to fly. Okay, so before I get to things I like and things I hate, I first want to say thank you to our new sponsors over at LendingTree. So right now, did you, if you're looking for a mortgage, you owe it to yourself to go over to LendingTree.com slash Ben. The reason is because 80% of people only get one mortgage offer. They don't go and they don't shop around. They ask their real estate agent if they can find an, an somebody to, to get a mortgage for them. And then they do it by word of mouth, but you only get one offer. You don't actually shop around. This is what LendingTree is for. So LendingTree, in three minutes, you can get up to five estimates on and real offers, not just estimates, real offers from America's top lenders. You can compare side-by-side side all of these offers for free so you can see what it looks like if you get a 15-year 
variable mortgage or a 30-year fixed. You can, you can see what all of these options look like when you go to LendingTree.com. I've checked out their system myself. It is fast. It is easy. And then you have all of the lenders come to you, right? So they will actually approach you about whether you want to work with them. It's like shopping for flights online, only you're shopping for a mortgage. It makes a huge difference because the average LendingTree customer, the average one, not the outstanding one, the average LendingTree customer can save $20,000 over the life of their loan, which is a very significant amount of money. That's on average. Half their customers could save even more because that's what the word average means. Rates always go up or down, but regarding, regardless of what is happening with the rates, the best deal you can get is going to be at LendingTree.com. Go and find out how much you can save today at LendingTree.com slash Ben. That is LendingTree.com slash Ben. LendingTree, LLC, NMLS number 1136. Terms and conditions apply. Again, if you want the best deal, then you need to go over to LendingTree. You owe it to yourself. You wouldn't just go to a travel agent these days and ask to buy you a flight. You'd go over to Travelocity or any of the other travel companies. Uh, you'd go over to Upside.com if you really want to get the best deal. Uh, and you check that out. The same thing is true at LendingTree. If you want the best mortgage, then you're going to go over to, to LendingTree.com slash Ben and check check it out. Okay, so time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So, things I like. Well, first of all, this beautiful new studio. I mean, look at this. It's magnificent. I mean, look, look uh, after, after months of working from, well, a year and a half of working from apparently the side of an old barn, and then another couple of months of working from inside a funeral parlor, we have finally moved into our new studios, which are just magnificent. Look how pretty. I mean, look at these lights. Just unbelievable. Okay, but other things that I like. This week, I'm going to be doing sort of uh, famous sons of famous fathers, or less successful sons of famous fathers since uh, Donald Trump Jr. was on the mind last night. Uh, and uh, if you want to read a fantastic book that's really less about Pete Rose than it is about his son, Pete Rose Jr. Pete Rose Jr. is a really tragic story because he's a guy who his dad is kind of, uh, uh, Pete Rose is, is a very difficult person, very difficult character uh, all over the place. And Pete Rose Jr. had to deal with the fallout of all of that. He only got a cup of coffee in the majors. He's a good enough minor league player to stick around for a long time. As a publicity stunt, he got a cup of coffee in the major leagues with the Cincinnati Reds. The book by Kostya Kennedy, Pete Rose, an American Dilemma, really good, all about gambling and sport and the Rose family. And it really is sad because you can see that Pete Rose Jr. wants to have a great relationship with his dad, but all of these kind of news obstacles come in the way. Check it out. I love baseball books, and this is actually one of the best baseball books I know. Pete Rose, an American Dilemma by Kostya Kennedy. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Things I hate. So, as you recall last week, I played at length the tape from Linda Sarsour where she talked about Linda Sarsour, for those who don't know, is the Women's March organizer and radical Islamist who spent last Sunday, the, a week ago, she spent last Sunday talking about why Muslims need to fight a jihad against Trump. She said a jihad meant a word of truth against a dictator or a tyrant, um, but she used the word jihad advisedly because obviously jihad has broader meaning. So, on Friday night, I was on with Dana Perino. Uh, and on Fox News, and she had on also a spokesperson from CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. Now, number one, it is necessary to note that Council on American Islamic Relations uh, is, in fact, a group that has been linked with the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, a lot of their founders were associated with the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, they were linked with the Holy Land Foundation trial in 2007. The Holy Land Foundation was sending money to terrorist groups, and CARE was linked with them. Uh, CARE has been named as a terrorist group, actually, by the United Arab Emirates, uh, so they are a very nefarious group, and yet they are the ones out there defending Linda Sarsour. What was irritating about this interview was that it was very difficult to get a word in edgewise because this guy decided to talk over me. But you can see the same people who say they're moderate refuse, refuse blatantly, point blank, to condemn the Muslim Brotherhood or even Hamas. You'll see it during this interview. 
I don't think anybody is claiming that she openly called for violence against President Trump, but jihad means more than just internal struggle or quote-unquote struggle for good. I mean, we all know that there are terrorists all over the world who invoke the word jihad as justification for what they do. And Linda Sarsour knows that, too. I mean, she knows how to make a headline. She is a radical anti-Semite who has backed terrorists in the past. She's a person who has who has said that I am Stop smearing her. Don't smear a woman who's not here to defend herself. You just don't like a local American Muslim woman proudly standing for justice. Don't smear a woman who's not here to defend herself. Shame on okay, you. Okay, I'll talk to. Fine, I'll talk to. I'll talk about CARE instead. CARE is an organization that was an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land. Right, Foundation shift the topic. Exactly. Never indicted. Don't try to uh, drown out the conversation. Let's talk about what jihad means. She had means. I want to point out what happened right there in the interview. So he says, "Don't attack Linda Sarsour. She's not there to defend herself." First of all, he was there to defend her. That was the entire topic of the segment. Second of all, I said, "Okay, I won't attack Linda Sarsour. I'll attack you." And then he said, "Stop shifting topic." Okay, just want to point out how dumb a tactic that is. It continues along these lines. And that's Hassan, exactly what Hassan, she's let doing. Me ask if you, you want something. to talk about context, let's talk about the full context. Uh, yes, go ahead and ask which me. Is who okay, what I, what is, is what I want to ask The you. fact that she began this speech by praising a guy who has mm-hmm. in the past talked about how jihad includes violent jihad. She started her speech with that. So let's not pretend that you can just, you're the one taking this one line out of context and then suggesting that it only refers well, to Well, I encourage sort everybody of just to listen to the speech for herself. If you want to reclaim the word jihad, you should start by condemning organizations that promote jihad all over the world instead of associating with them, praising Why them, would we, and talking about Again, you're misdefining jihad. Jihad means standing for justice. Jihad means standing for justice. It doesn't mean terrorism. And we stand against all terrorists and all those who engage in violence. That participate in it. This is not hard. (laughs) And that was the point. He wouldn't. I asked him point blank, will you condemn the Muslim Brotherhood? No. Why would we? Would you condemn the KKK? And I went, yeah, of course I'd condemn the KKK. Why the hell wouldn't I condemn the KKK? Who are you talking to here? Are you kidding me? (laughs) The KKK ain't exactly my best friends, gang. So... It just demonstrates the double game that's being played by a lot of the people on the left and a lot of the people in the Islamic world in order to defend people who really are quite extreme. Linda Sarsour is very extreme. Linda Sarsour, we talked about her entire resume last week, but now she has a piece in the Washington Post talking about how she's a victim. Who's she a victim of? Well, here she says that she's a victim of xenophobes, of course, but she was a little clearer on Twitter. She said that it was white supremacists and it was white supremacists and Zionists. Who are the people targeting her? Yeah, that sounds really tolerant of you. It sounds, it sounds like you're a real tolerant person. Linda Sarsour said, This week, conservative media outlets took a speech I gave to the largest gathering of Muslims in America out of context and alleged that I had called for a violent jihad against the president. I did not. First of all, no one suggested that she called for a violent jihad against the president. We suggested that she used the word jihad, which has violent connotations to lots of people all over the world, and that she knew that when she said it, specifically because she started the speech by thanking a guy who had openly embraced violent jihad in the past. She said... Sadly, this is not a new experience for me. Since the Women's March on Washington, which I had the privilege of co-chairing with inspirational women from across the country, my family and I have received countless threats of physical violence. Would those threats of physical violence be, you know, along the lines of saying that Ayan Hirsi Ali should have her vagina removed? Which is legitimately what Linda Sarsour said about Ayan Hirsi Ali, a female genital mutilation victim. She says, the reason is that I am their worst nightmare. She's, the, she's our worst nightmare. She's not my nightmare. She's my dream. I hope every Democrat embraces Linda Sarsour. I hope every Democrat decides that Linda Sarsour must run for public office on the platform of jihad just means internal struggle against tyrants. Sure, sure, let's, let's find out. She says, in my speech, I sent not a call to violence, but a call to speak truth to power and to commit to the struggle for racial and economic justice, except for the Juden. I was speaking to an all-Muslim audience. As an American, I should be free to share and discuss scripture and teachings of my beloved prophet. Okay, you were. No one said you should be shut up. In fact, I would like for you to talk more. So I'm glad that she was writing here. She said, The attack from xenophobes and conservative media have continued. It saddens me deeply that my three children are frightened. 
Okay, maybe you shouldn't say crazy things. Not to, this would not be a justification in any way of violent threats against anyone. In fact, this is sort of what I am decrying here, is you using the word jihad in an advised way in order to be deliciously vague and deliberately vague about the, the nature of violence. She actually talked about how she hoped that Allah would accept her resistance to Trump as a form of jihad. A form of jihad, not the entirety of jihad, a form of jihad, right? One form among many, meaning that she accepts the possibility of other forms of jihad. She says, dissent is the highest form of patriotism, and I intend to continue to push my country to respect the rights of all of its citizens. I will not be silenced. By the way, she says that Zionists, pro-Israel people, cannot be feminists because, of course, they are Zionists, and Zionists are evil. So, uh, once again, Linda Sarsour, beloved of the Democratic Party, if this is something that they want to, if this is where they want to make their last stand, is defending Linda Sarsour, more power to you, gang. I mean, just enjoy yourself. Okay, other things that I hate. So, the Republican plan for repealing Obamacare seems to have hit a snag. The snag is that nobody knows what the hell they want to actually pass. So Bill Cassidy, who's the senator from Louisiana, the same guy who went on Jimmy Kimmel's show and said that we should all have to pass the Jimmy Kimmel test, as though Jimmy Kimmel is some sort of wise leader on health care. He says that we can't just repeal Obamacare. I won't vote to just repeal Obamacare. Instead, we need to replace it with, you know, like Obamacare. Here's what he said. And then there is the idea that President Trump offered in a tweet a few days ago, and let's put this up on the screen, if Republican senators are unable to pass what they are working on now, they should immediately repeal and then replace at a later date. What do you think of that? Uh, non-starter. I'll tell you, it'll be uncertainty in the insurance markets. Premiums will rise for middle-class families. It gives all the power to people who actually don't believe in President Trump's campaign pledges, who actually don't want to continue to cover and care for pre-existing conditions and to lower premiums. It gives them the stronger hand. I think it's wrong. I think it betrays President Trump's campaign pledges. Okay, and this is part of the problem is that Trump's campaign pledges were Democrat pledges, and there are a lot of Republicans who are Democrats. The chances of this passing are now pretty low, uh, and, uh, and that is because the, the Republicans were always lying. They opposed Obama's agenda, but they could never explain why. And herein lies the entire issue. Okay, final thing that I hate. So the media, again, the media are in search of a narrative thread that makes Trump and Putin cohorts, right? And Trump reacts the worst uh, of, of everyone on all of this because what happens is that the Democrats say something stupid and he responds by saying, well, fine, if you want to say that me, and Jew, that me and Vlad are best friends, fine, we'll just act like best friends then. But it doesn't mean they're actually best friends. It just means Trump's a reactionary. Chris Matthews over in Emma, he's sick. I should put on a tie today. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to come out here in my tie. I'm going to talk about man spreading. Man spreading. Like, I've had a tingle up my leg before. It forced me to spread my legs because, you know, you know where that tingle goes. I mean, it goes right up into the crotch of the region. But, I mean, have you ever seen Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump? They like to man spread. It's imperialism. I mean, Putin man spread into Ukraine. Ha! Chris Matthews, go. Trump watch Friday, July 7th, 2017. Did you see how these two men sat today? Both tried to sit as far forward as they could in those big chairs up there in Hamburg, Germany. Putin, a much smaller fella, seemed a bit dwarfed, and I'd say not very happy about the picture he was presenting. But the big story was the way they both engaged in the art of manspreading, widening their legs out as far as the wings of those chairs allowed them. Nobody's going to outmanspread me. You can hear their little psyches urging them on. Oh, man. I love talking about manspreading. I don't know why, but I just find it fascinating how far men can spread their legs. I don't know why. I just I couldn't stop looking at this picture. Chris Matthews, I'm always safe. Kathleen, can you come get me out of here? Because I'm getting myself in trouble. Manspreading. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> And then you wonder why President Trump is going to react to everything the media does. It's because the media are crazy. So the media are crazy, and then Trump reacts 
in the most knee-jerk possible fashion, which puts him behind the eight ball. Okay, one more story before we leave that I think is worth noting. So there is a story out today that James Comey's memos, you recall James Comey, he's the, the nine-foot-tall former FBI director uh, who played center for like the Seattle Supersonics back in 1979. In any case, James Comey uh, it was, was the guy who stood in front of Congress or sat in front of Congress and testified about his conversations with President Trump. He kept contemporaneous memos. And the right at the time said, wait a second, you said in, the, in that testimony that you leaked your memos to somebody outside of government. Isn't that some sort of crime? The answer is, it may well have been. So according to The Hill, quote, more than half of the memos former FBI Chief James Comey wrote his personal recollections of his conversations with President Trump about the Russia investigation have been determined to contain classified information according to interviews with officials familiar with the document. All of the memos, all of the memos, uh, were apparently government documents, which means that Comey was not allowed to reveal those to the public. Those vi that violates his employment contract with the FBI. So we may now be treated to the spectacle of President Trump angry at James Comey, now prosecuting his former FBI director who is seeking to have a special counsel prosecute President Trump. I will say that we do not lack for news under the Trump administration. Uh, meanwhile, there are some good things happening. I mean, President Trump actually appointed some new judges to the federal bench, which is great. He's uh, been firing people from the VA, which is also useful. We'll talk about some more of that tomorrow. Um, but it would be good if we could all calm down and focus on the stuff that's material, and Trump could help us do that uh, if he would if he would stop reacting to everything the media does. The media are going to run around like chickens with their heads cut off. They are losing. Trump is winning. But Trump will only continue to win if he can get off of his own shoelaces and actually focus on the policies that are going to help the American people. Okay, we will be back here tomorrow with much, much more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 